0: وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملقي التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى اتباعه خير الامم الذين بارك الله بهم كافه الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي انزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله ارسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أدعو إلى سبيل ربك بالحكمة والموعظة الحسنة wajadilhum بِالَّتِي هي أَحْسَنُ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ رَبِّ shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul 'uqdatan min lisani ثَبِتْنَا عِنْدَ الْمَوْت ilaha amanu i am continuing my uh, series of on ayah number 125 of surah Al-Nahl, that's surah number 16 uh, and once again, ayah number 125. Allah says in this ayah, call to the pathway of your master using wisdom, bil hikmah. And then he says, Well and with beautiful counsel. Hiya ahsan, and debate them or argue with them in a way that is more beautiful or better. In an sabilihi, your master certainly knows who. He is in fact the one who know who's better knowing in regards to who is lost or strayed from his own path And he is more knowledgeable about those that are committed to guidance or those that are sticking to guidance. So that's the ayah and I've talked to you a little bit about calling I've talked to you about calling to the way of your master. I've talked about wisdom last time and today I'm going to talk about the next phrase in this ayah which is call to the way of your master with wisdom and what I translated as beautiful counsel المو'ضة hasana. So the first thing I want to do is kind of explore what this word means in the original language of the Quran, in the Arabic of the Quran, al uh, and how is it then transformed with the word Al-Hasana? The word al the the, orig- the original letters of it are wa and allah, and this word wa'adah uh, is used for when you remind somebody at tatgir bil that's the most common definition you find among the Arabic lexicons is at tatgir bil meaning reminding somebody of something and what it's going to lead to. So you know if you remind somebody, uh, you're late for work. That's not morelah. You're late for work, and you're going to get fired if you keep doing this, that's Malah because you didn't just remind them, you reminded them of the consequences that are coming, right? So it's is a specific brand of counsel or they say والتذكير, but the specific piece of it is consequences. And because of that addition of the term consequences, al awaqib um, some have concluded from it that takhweef, that it's a way of scaring somebody obviously when you talk to somebody about consequences then it could be about you know, bad consequences, keep this up and this is going to happen, or if you don't do this responsibility then that's going to happen, bad stuff is going to happen to you, so the word which is translated here as counsel in its original sense one of its meanings is to remind somebody of something that is scary that can happen in the future if they don't take this advice so bad stuff that might happen because the advice isn't taken seriously. So that's one part of مَوْعِضَة The other is bil-khair, Actually to remind someone of the good that can come their way if they take advice. Which is actually also about consequences if you think about it. right? Because consequences could be good and consequences could be bad. Like a doctor that says if you eat right, this, this, this your blood pressure is going to go down your heart rate will be better your cholesterol levels will improve this will happen, that will happen benefits of doing that. Or they'll, they'll flip the script and say, well, if you don't eat right, I'll be seeing you for surgery in six months. They could, they could scare you, right? So the, both of those actually constitute مَوْعِضًا Now, this is something that you and I live with every day. We talk to each other and we give family and friends and anybody, people give us advice, we give them advice. And we typically include consequences with that advice very, com- very often. Right. So, you know, th- and, and that's our motivation for doing something or not doing something is we want things to get better and we want to stay away from things getting worse. That's basically what the purpose of advice is, it's not, it's not rocket science. Right. So, that's the, uh, th- that's the word that Allah is using. But let's put it in the ayah's context now. Allah says, call to the pathway of your master using counsel, using this kind of counsel. Meaning, but the first thing he said is wisdom. Right. So he said call using wisdom And then he adds this beautiful counsel I haven't even gotten to the beautiful part yet We're just talking about the counsel part What that then means is Because we are One of its meanings is Because we are supposed to be wise And sensible In the way that we call somebody When it comes time to giving them counsel We should think about whether or not This is the time to mention good consequences Or is this the time to mention Bad consequences, right? Likulli makal makam. Everything that's said has a time and place. So is this the person and is this the occasion? Is this the time? It's a good time for the advice, but do I want to tag this advice along with the good things that will come, positive reinforcement, or am I going to tag it along with negative reinforcement? And both of them have a place. They're both necessary. And you can sometimes have a mix between those two things. If a if a child is misbehaving, and a parent keeps telling them, keep this up. You see what I do to you. Keep this up when your dad gets home. You know, in Pakistan, they, where I come from, they have some interesting phrases. Right? I'm going to chop you up and feed you yourself. <laughs> that's what they say when a kid is misbehaving. Or wait till your dad gets home. With, like dad is like the uh, executioner, apparently. Right? So this is fear of the father when he gets home. Oh, that's it. I'm here. You know. So. But the idea is if you keep scaring somebody with consequences, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna get beat, you're gonna get punished, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, and then we bring that into religion, you're gonna burn in hell. You're gonna be called a munafif. You're never gonna, you know, uh, So we keep keep bringing consequences of this life, Allah will curse you and this and that, or Allah will throw you in hell. When you do that over and over again, a person becomes numb. You know, they become numb. Like, you know, in, in, uh, in uh, different sports, They have, like, you know, when people train for fighting and like Muay Thai or boxing or something like that, then their knuckles or their shins or their knees, they actually, the nerves around them start dying out. And they don't feel the same impact on their skin and on their bones as other people do. Because it's been hit so many times, they don't feel anything. They don't feel anything, you know. They become stubborn to that pain. Like, it doesn't affect them like it affects other people. The shell gets hardened, the bones get hardened, you know more reinforcement happens. Now, why is that important to understand? Even in, in, in psychology, in the way that human beings operate. If you keep yelling at someone all the time, if you keep scaring them all the time, if you keep telling them of the bad consequences all the time, then that's not something that affects them anymore. And that's the third dimension. So there are two dimensions that I mentioned of the word mu'idha. One is that it's reminding somebody of bad consequences. The other is of good consequences, yeah? The third dimension of this word is bima They say uh, an advice that will shake the heart up or by which the heart will become soft. Like some, what that means basically in simple English is you give somebody advice that you know they're gonna take to heart. Right? But the problem with that is you and I don't control anybody's heart. I can't make somebody feel something. Allah is in control of the hearts. But what Allah is teaching us here is, you should be smart enough to know that when you talk a certain way, will that impact this person emotionally or not? Or are these words that will make somebody defensive, or put a guard up, or tune you out because they're numb from that that same thing over and over again? Or are they going to actually tune in and listen? So there are different approaches you can take, right? So I'm as a teacher, I've taught adults, I've taught children. Let's say a child is misbehaving, right, or he's bullying another kid, and I want to give him some advice. I pull him to the side. I could do a couple. I could call your parents, you know. I could I could go down down that road. If I ever see you that again, I'm, you're never going to be let you know here again. Or you know what? There's no recess for you. There's no this for you. There's no that for you. I could go with the consequences, or I could sit him down and say, "Listen, I." have seen you since we started and you're one of the smartest kids we have and i'm i'm so impressed with how you think about things and i remember how you answered that question and i remember how you helped this person and these are the good things that i love about you so i'm really surprised that you're acting like this because i know you better i know you're better than that and what do you think if you keep on doing that do you think that the kinds of things that make me and other people look at you and be proud of you and your parents proud of you, you think those things will stay? I think those qualities will disappear. I don't want those to disappear. What makes you a wonderful child, I want those things to stay preserved. So how about we make a little bit of change? And when you start talking like that, you know, this is Al-Maw'idah Al-Hasana in some way. Why? Why am I choosing that route? Because some, t- some kids I can tell, they've been yelled at so much and they've gotten in trouble so much, getting in trouble is their normal. So somebody talking to them like, wait, you think I have good qualities? Is a shock. That's a shock. You've got kids that get, you know, they have violent, they say they have violent tendencies, they get kicked out of schools and stuff, right? They, they get angry outbursts, they get into fights and whatever else, right? And you have one of those kids, and you, they come and they act all hard. Because they're used to acting that way. Because well, people think I'm a loser anyway, or people think I'm you know aggressive anyway. Might as well show. I'll show you aggressive then. Because one, what people do, and children do this, adults do this. How we talk to them and how we project, how we see them, that gets reinforced, and that's how they start seeing themselves. They they adopt that image, and you know when you break that, you can break that by al-maw'id al Hasana. Al-Maw'id al-Hasana also means call to Allah's way by saying something that you know affected your own heart. Because you can't know anybody else's heart, right? But you do know your own heart. So maybe something that from Allah's religion that deeply impacted your heart is something you can share. And you know what that will do? There's a saying in Arabic, min al qalb ila al qalb." What comes out of the heart goes into other hearts if you felt something, if you felt an ayah moved you, if you felt a story about the Prophet sallallahu brought you to tears, and you think somebody could hear that and they could feel what you felt, so you're no longer talking about, I need you to feel this, I just want to share with you something that I felt, right? So this becomes about you, because that, that maw'idah you have experience with, and that becomes al-maw'idah al hasana meaning it's a very personalized way of sharing you know um, uh, something about Allah's Deen, sharing something beautiful, some good advice with somebody, al hasana, and then that last part al-hasana is actually literally the Arab, one of the most common Arabic words for something beautiful. Something good and beautiful is called hasana. It's something we ask for Allah in the famous du'a that we even make when we do tawaf of the Kaaba, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil Hasana, waqina We want hasana in this dunya, we want this world, we want hasana in the next life. And then we ask Allah to protect us from the punishment of the fire. Why? What is hasana? Good and beautiful things. Good and beautiful things that and that dua is very beautiful because we want good things in this life, but the only truly good things and beautiful things in this life are the ones that lead to good and beautiful things in the next life. So it's fuddh fiddlunya hasana fil Hasanat, it's the same adjective that's used. So there's a connection made between this world and the next. You can have good and beautiful things in this life that will make your next life miserable. And then you can have good and beautiful things in this life that will make your next life also good and beautiful. And we're asking for that kind of combination. Good and beautiful things here that lead to good and beautiful things in the next life. Now coming back to this ayah, give good and beautiful advice. And that's where a person would have to learn a little bit of empathy. You'd have to think, if somebody talked to me this way. If somebody gave this advice that I'm giving to somebody else, if they gave this to me, how would I have responded? Would I have thought that that's beautiful advice? You know? Would I have thought, man, I wish I heard that sooner? Because you, you in order to do al-maw'idhah al hasana you actually have to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You don't have to tell yourself, this is what this person needs to hear. Man, they need to... I'm going to drop it on them today. I even got it prepared. I googled it. I googled all the evidences I'm going to give them. All the delils. I'm going to delil slap them today so good. Because Allah says, call to the way of your master. So here, I'm going to drop it on them. Then uh, hold on. Because none of that was about you putting yourself in their shoes. You know, that's not how a beautiful counsel works. So it's remarkable that Allah, before He even talked about counsel in this ayah, He first talked about wisdom. right? And if you combine those two, what that means is, we're not going to be able to give the right kind of counsel with the right references to the consequences without using wisdom. You know, it's an actual experience that I'm shocked by. That I've met many individuals around the world Uh, that come to me and say, you know, I don't even like khutbas anymore. All they do is talk about hell. Right? All they do is, you're gonna burn in hell, you're gonna burn in hell, you're gonna burn in hell. Now the thing is, the reality is, that the hellfire, and the standing before Allah on Judgment Day, and the terror of the hellfire, is a big subject in the Qur'an. There's no way to deny that. There's no way that that's not a reality. But if you are imbalanced in the way you present that reality, and let me explain why, why would that be imbalanced. A lot of times the ayat of the Qur'an were talking, first and the original audience was the Quraysh. You say when we do the studies, we say that sabab al-nuzul is absolutely critical. Meaning, when was the ayah revealed? Yeah? So the ayah was revealed to certain groups of people. For example, the Quraysh, who were the worst of the worst, Towards anybody who believed they were, the, they were terrible to orphans in many cases They were terrible to those who couldn't stand up for themselves And they were absolutely criminal towards the Prophet them, And the believers They tortured them physically, psychologically, financially They did all kinds of heinous crimes against humanity if you will They engaged in those sorts of crimes And then what Allah did is Allah reminded them of the consequences of those who don't believe Like them people like them, and the kinds of punishments they're gonna get. That's the context in which this conversation's happening. So Allah is talking to some pretty bad people. And He's talking about some pretty bad consequences for some pretty bad people. You with me? And now you take the ayah without understanding who the conversation was with and what what it was originally doing in this place. And now you start having that conversation with a 13-year-old who missed their fajr prayer. Or a 16-year-old, or, you, know, or two, you know, a young man or a young woman who messed up here and there. And now you're dropping the warnings of Quraysh on them and reciting the whole surah on them. Yes, the surah is for humanity, but the wisdom of the Qur'an is وَقُرْآنَ wa tanzila. And this is a recital. We broke it apart so you can read it on to people at the right occasion. And we sent it down gradually. So the best people who heard the Qur'an didn't hear the whole Qur'an at once. And they they, they didn't hear just any ayah. Allah spoke to a certain audience a certain way. Another audience another way. Another audience another way. That's why surahs have different styles. That's why even if they're talking about the same thing, they talk about it differently. Because different occasions, different audiences. That's a study in Allah's book. And that's a study in how we should communicate. Effective communication takes these things into consideration. That's part of al al-Hasana. Another example of that that I feel very strongly about. Some of you might find this politically incorrect or controversial. I don't think it's controversial at all, is stories of the prophets. There are stories of many prophets in the Quran: Nuh, salam, Salih, Shua'ib alayhi, salam, alayhi salam, and the list goes on. And in all of these stories of the prophets, there's a common thread. The common thread is Prophets, and this is the kid Sunday school version, right? Prophets come, people don't listen then Allah destroys the people and only the few people that believed in the Prophets and the Prophets themselves get saved then a new Prophet comes, most people listen or don't listen, most people don't listen then they get destroyed, and then Allah sends another Prophet for a different people, right? So what happened to the Qawm of Nuh and Salih and Sha'ib and Musa, you name it, one after the other you know, the pharaohs or whoever else, over and over again, yes? So now you're explaining this, or you're sharing this, and say, well, our kids, the most important thing for our kids is that they need to know the stories of the prophets. Hold on, hold on. When the Qur'an was revealed, and these nations and their destruction was being talked about, who was the original audience of that conversation? The original audience of that conversation was the Quraysh, who were acting just like the people of Nuh. Yes? And Allah told them, You guys are about to be destroyed because you're acting just like those who came before you who acted in this way, and I destroyed them. So you are you think you're better than the people of Nur? Do you think you're better than the people of Saleh and Sha'ai? You know? That's how we deal with all criminals. You're gonna act like that? I'll treat you like that. You will not find a change in the way Allah deals with things. Allah has a consistent way of dealing with things. So what am I saying? A lot of times the stories of the prophets were being given to people that are on the verge of the same consequences of destruction. Children are not on the verge of being flooded or being destroyed in this life. They do need Islam. When a, when a seven-year-old says, which one was Nuh? A. Was that the fire, fl- fire or water? How did Allah kill his people? <sighs> then we've created a very negative image in the, chil- in the in the minds of children about what prophets do. Because in their minds, simpl oversimplistically, prophets just come to what? Tell people to listen, and when they don't, people get killed. That's oversimplified and a gross oversimplification, and there's nothing beautiful about that. And here, what does Allah say? Call to the pathway of your master using wisdom and good counsel. Good counsel. If you create only fear, oh, that's the only way people are going to listen is by way of fear. If that's the only thing that'll work, no. القلب, something that will soften the heart. That's the definition of alma'udha. So, finding the appropriate thing to share at the appropriate occasion is the sunnah of the Qur'an, is also the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, And finding the most beautiful way to share that is critical. بِالْمَوْعِضَةِ hasana, With beautiful advice. And the, the thing is, I was reading Imam Al-Qurtubi today, and Al-Tabari about this ayah, and he said something just in passing, something obvious. But it, it really struck me that Allah revealed this ayah to the Prophet first, because it starts with Ud'u, you called, singular. Meaning the Prophet is being commanded wasallam, to talk to people. And he was, I just gave you the examples, he was talking to Quraysh, this is a Makki ayah. And the Quraysh were not nice. They weren't, they were hostile to what he was saying. They weren't eager to listen. They weren't tuning in, they wanted to tune him out. But probably even cut him off. You know, aggressive people, they don't even let you finish a sentence, right? They'll cut you off. And they'll start insulting you on top of that. Oh, raise their voice over yours, over drown out your voice. They'll do those kinds of things. And they even got physical on top of that. All of that's happening, and Allah is saying you stick to wisdom and beautiful counsel. Even if most of the time you have no opportunity to say something beautiful, even if you find that half an inch, take it. Give them good, give them beautiful counsel. Do that for them. What that tells you is Allah did not allow the Prophet to dismiss the Quraysh. Even though they're the kufar. Even though Allah is talking very harshly to them in the Quran. But the Prophet is in his place as a human being, and Allah is in his place as a master. The master can be angry at Quraysh and say these people are gonna, they might end up, they're gonna end up burning like the way the you know the nations before them came. They'll get destroyed the way they came. They, they better change their ways he can speak as a master but when he talks to his servant his slave his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam you don't talk like i talk i can talk this way you will talk to them and find the best opportunity to share something beautiful with them bil maw'izatil hasana When good and with good counsel, what does that teach us? That teaches us that sometimes you try to talk to somebody, they're very aggressive towards you, or you share something good and they don't want to hear it. And what do we do? Well, this person is off my maw'idlah hasana list. I will, even if I have something good to share, I don't want to hear from them and they're not going to hear from me. They're off, right? Because I cross them off. If prophets did that, then the list would, the list of people that would receive the message of Islam would get shortened very, very quickly. Because they are, they're going back and they're sharing something beautiful without letting it hit their pride and their ego because they're not doing it to feel better. This is not a feel-good job. They're doing it because they genuinely care about somebody. You're calling someone to a path because you care about them, because you benefited from this path and you want them to benefit. If you genuinely don't have somebody else's benefit in mind, al-mu'ayyadah al hasana isn't possible. It's not possible. Then the only thing you can do is kid yourself when you're trying to tell something to somebody and you find the ugliest possible words, the most aggressive possible tone, sarcasm, dismissal, name-calling. This has now become, oh, I'm speaking the haqq. This is you standing up for the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. What about the sunnah Allah commanded him to? And the last thing I'll share with you with today's khutbah is it's you know it's a little bit grammatical, but I think it's an important thing to note. Um, when you say call, right? And the says, call to the way of your master, but the important question, the ma'furul bihi, is missing. What that means in simple English is call who? He didn't say call people to the way of your master Call disbelievers to the way of your master Call your family to the way of your master It's like a fill in the blank, right? Call blank to the way of your master w- What do you put in the blank? Allah put nothing in the blank And by the way, later on in the next khutbah You're gonna find the blank has been filled <يَحْسَن> Debate them in a way that's best So the, the, the مُفْعُول Bihi comes back There is a fill in the blank And that's the word them Which we'll talk about next week inshallah but today, when, when he talked about inviting, he didn't mention invite who. Why? Because the scope of the invitation is so open, it's so broad, that there's no one size fits all. And the kind of wisdom one group will need, and the kind of counsel one group will need, will not be the kind of wisdom or counsel another group will need. You might have to talk to one child one way, another child another way. You might have to talk to one parent one way, another parent another way. You might have to deal with someone one friend one way another friend another way. It cannot be one size fits all when it comes to, you know, al hikmah and al-maw'izah al-hasana. So Allah didn't limit it to one group or call them no call this way, but you decide which brand which part of which drops of wisdom, which drops of good counsel will apply to which situation. So he left that blank open for us to fill. You understand? That's actually the wisdom of leaving that maf'ul bihi open it creates an openness so and he expects us to fill that because he expects us to be people of thought and of consciousness may allah azza wa make us of those who can take good counsel and get take the best of it for themselves and be people of beautiful counsel that people hear and they don't they don't develop ugliness in their hearts from what we said rather what we what good we had to share the good of it goes into their hearts and that won't just depend on what we're saying, it'll defend, depend on how and when we say it. May Allah make us of those wise kinds of people. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wal-dhikr al-hakim Alhamdulillahi wa kafaa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazhin al-safa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatamin nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Qala Allahumma azza wa jal fi kitabihi kareem Ba'da anakula aqula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanan rajim Inna Allah wa malāikatahu yusalluna ala nabiy Ya ayuhaladzina āmanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala alihi Muhammad kama salli ala Ibrahim wa ali Ibrahima fil alamin alameen Inna ka majid اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتق الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا